Open your Bibles this morning to Genesis, the third chapter, and we're going to look at verse 15 today. Now, I want to say this, that Mary probably is the most, how can you say it, influential or the most popular woman in the entire history of mankind. And in Genesis, the third chapter, and in the 15th verse, we see where her story actually begins. It really begins with Eve. Now, how many of you remember that Adam and Eve transgressed? They partook of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as a result, sin came into this world. Satan began to rob and to steal and to kill and to destroy. But in Genesis, the third chapter and the 15th verse, the Lord is addressing the enemy of our souls. And we see there, it says in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head... And thou shalt bruise his heel. This really is the first time that the gospel was ever proclaimed. He's saying that there's going to be hostility between your seed. She came, Eve came into this world as a person who the lineage of Christ would eventually come through. And he said there's going to be such hostility between your seed... And the enemy. But he is saying that Satan is going literally to be defeated. Notice this with me. It says, it shall bruise thy head, but thou shalt bruise his heel. What this is talking about is this is saying that there is coming one who is literally going to strip you of all of your authority. There is one coming, the Redeemer of mankind, that is literally going to triumph over death, hell, and the grave. And he's going to pay off mankind's sin, mankind's rebellion, and mankind's evil ways. The prophet Isaiah prophesied of this 700 years, really, before that Christ came. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 7. And we notice in verse... 14, it says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And what will his name be called? His name shall be called Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel means God with us. And so Isaiah saw down through the corridor of time And he said, there's one coming. And a virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. And his name is going to be called Emmanuel. Now look at Luke chapter 1. And let's uh, look at a few verses over there this morning. Luke, the first chapter in the 26th verse. And I'm going to go ahead and, and read right on verse through 38. And then we'll go back verse by verse. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. 
to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Aren't you glad that the angel of the Lord didn't come with a message of fear? And he said, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and you will call his name. Everyone say his name. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest, or the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Thank God for that. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I know not a man. And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Read verse 37 with me. For with God... Nothing shall be impossible. Then I want you to notice verse 38. Read it with me. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now let's go back to verse 26. It says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, there are only two angels in the Bible that are mentioned. They are Gabriel and Michael. And, uh, you know, when an angel shows up and has a message from God for you, it's a good day. But when Gabriel shows up, you're strutting your stuff. It's really a good day. So Gabriel shows up. On the scene, to Mary, to a city named Nazareth. Now today, the city of Nazareth is probably about 300,000 in population. It is made up of 60% Muslims, and about 30% Christians, and then 10% of something else. But in that day, the city of Nazareth was probably between 50 to 300 people. Just 50 to 300 people. It was a very small town. It was not a town that you would venture to. It was between two major cities. It was more of a town, you know, that you would just go through. You know that kind of town. It's the kind of town that you're going through the desert on and you're running out of gas. Or maybe you're going down I-5 and you're heading to Anaheim or Southern California. You know that town. You stop into the gas station, you get a corn dog, you use the restroom. You look around and you say, thank God I'm not from this town. 
I asked Brenda yesterday, I said, now what were the, what were the drive-ins in your town? Her town was bigger than Nazareth, but the Tasty Freeze and Ranch Burger. And some of you are from that town. And I'm not criticizing Brenda's hometown, but sometimes when you look at some of these towns, you just say, thank God I am not from here. Let's get in the car and let's head. That was the kind of city Nazareth was. Nazareth was a very small agricultural town. The people were very poor in Nazareth. They didn't have money. They were people of very little means. Joseph would have been a carpenter, a carpenter's son. Joseph himself was probably a junior high age. He was probably between the age of 12 to maybe 15 to 16 years old. A very young man. You know, he probably was trying to grow a beard. Get up every morning and look, say, no, not yet. <laughs> Didn't even have his driver's license yet. And yet he's going to marry Mary and raise the Son of God. Think about that for a moment. And then Mary herself, you know, the, the picture of Mary growing up, I grew up, many of you know, a, a Catholic boy, went to Catholic schools, went to Catholic grade school, went to all boys Catholic high school. I mean, it was Catholic in the morning, Catholic in the afternoon, and a side of Catholic for dessert. And I love the Catholics. I have nothing against the Catholics. But, you know, going to church and, and, and seeing the picture of Mary, it was just not so. I mean... You'd see this well-groomed young lady with a halo over her head and a crown of gold she was wearing with this beautiful formal dress. And that was not Mary. When you think of Mary, think peasant girl. When you think of Mary, think small town. When you think of Mary, look at Mary as going out to get wood for her parents so that they could have a fire. Or Mary was the type of person that would go out and draw water from the well. She was a person from little means, from a town that hardly mattered to anyone, yet God. See, God could have chosen a wealthy person. He could have chosen a person of means, of great influence. But God... In his providence, chose Mary. Mary, a person that was poor. And I'm telling you what, I believe that Mary is an awesome example of our faith. Now don't misunderstand me. She is never, ever, and never was intended to be the object of our faith. But she is an absolute great example of our faith. You know, as a Catholic boy, we would pray prayers like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. World without end. Amen. And I had to pray about 5,000 of those after I'd go to confession. 
Okay, Mark, 5,000 Hail Marys, three rosaries, and 10,000 Our Fathers. That's how we rolled. But Mary is not, will not, and will never be a dispenser of God's grace. Mary was a recipient of God's grace. And when we go to heaven, and when we go before the throne of God, we should never go to the Heavenly Father and say, Oh, Father, I thank you for Jesus and Mary. Because Mary will be standing by and she'll say, No, 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 no. Because just as she received grace, you and I receive grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. The Bible says, for by grace are we saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves. It is, in fact, the gift of God. She received the grace of God. Just like you received the grace of God. Now, I want you to notice this. As we set a little background picture to what was taking place. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin that was espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, the word espoused there literally means to be engaged. And that had, in those days, three particular stages. Number one, there was the stage of engagement. And it was prearranged by the fathers. How would you like that, young ladies? Mm, He looks pretty good. Let's have now. But that's how it was. It was tradition. It was prearranged. And then the second stage of this espousal was betrothal, which a ceremony took place. This is before that they consummated their marriage. This is before the actual marriage ceremony. There was a ceremony called betrothal. And at this betrothal, there were promises that were made. And then about a year later, at an unknown time to the bride, the bridegroom would come. And then there would be the marriage ceremony. Well, how many of you know that Jesus is our heavenly bridegroom? And even though no man knows the day or the hour, we as his bride expectantly anticipate our heavenly groom to come catch us away. Amen. And so understand that in this setting, she was engaged. She was betrothed to Joseph. And a message from God comes that you're going to have a baby and this baby is going to come without sexual relationships. Can you imagine the vulnerability of a young girl between 12 and 15 years old walking around Nazareth with child? There were provisions in the law in those days that they could literally take a person in the town square and just mock them. They could talk about your mama. And they could say things to her that would hurt her 
deeply. And I want you to notice that her attitude was not an attitude of disgrace, nor was it an attitude of, I don't know about this. But she had an attitude of faith. And in verse 28, the Bible says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Everyone say highly favored. You are highly favored. Why? Because the Lord is with thee. And he said, Blessed art thou among women. Now I want you to notice three things. Number one, you're highly favored. Number two, the Lord is with you. And number three, you are blessed. Haven't you heard that somewhere in the scriptures about yourself? I'm going to ask again. Have you not heard somewhere in the scriptures, seen somewhere in the scriptures that you've got favor? The Bible says that we are the accepted in the beloved. Proverbs is loaded with scriptures about having favor with God and with man. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at a congregation that are favorites of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says that he will literally surround you as with a shield of protection with favor. You know what the favor of God means? The favor of God is the grace of God doing for you what you cannot figure out in your head for yourself. The favor of God is doing for you, glory to God, what this economy cannot do for yourself. You are highly favored. What do you mean I'm a favorite of the King of Kings? Does he have favorites? Yeah, we're all his favorites. Some believe it, some receive it, some don't, so they won't. Favor. He says, you're highly favored. And he says, the Lord's with you. You know, I read a scripture over in Matthew 28, 20 that says, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Aren't you glad he's with us? Aren't you glad he's for us? Hey, if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, thank you, Lord. But I'm really ecstatic about the fact that he's in us. Greater is he that's in us. Than he that's in the world. He says you're highly favored. The Lord's with you. And you're blessed. Amen. Well the Bible says that we've been blessed in Ephesians 1.3. He said blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so the angel comes in and says look now Mary you're highly favored of God. And you are blessed of God. And when she saw him <laughs> she was troubled. What was she troubled at? She was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind, what kind of greeting is this? She had never heard something like this before. I'm sure that there were things going on in her mind. You know, you're from another world. I live in Nazareth. Don't you know from your other world that virgins just don't bring forth? But she didn't have that kind of an attitude. The Bible said that uh, she, she cast in her mind. And what the word cast in her mind means, she was a little bit dazed. She was a little bit confused. Probably tempted to get over into the reasoning realm. Just like you. Just like me. Many times in our lives. I believe that the word of the Lord 
for some of you here today is you need to stop the turmoil and start trusting him. Stop trying to reason how this is going to happen and what's going to happen if it doesn't happen. And get out of your mind and get into your heart and trust in him with every bit of your heart and lean on him and let the Lord bring about his will and his plan in your life. Amen. Amen. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And in verse 31 it says, And thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call... What's his name? They shall call his name Jesus. Now, I love verse 32. We got to feed on this just for a few moments. The Bible says he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest, or literally he shall be called the most high God. Okay? He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord shall give him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Thank God. You know, the kingdoms of this world are coming to an abrupt stop sooner or later. Certainly, there's going to be a world government. The globalists eventually are trying to figure out this world's economy through a one world government, i.e. Antichrist. But you know what? Their kingdom, they're coming to an end. But you and I, you and I are part of a kingdom that there shall be never any end to. Oh yeah, now let me preach on that just a while today. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. The kingdoms of this world are extremely shakable. What happened to the Roman Empire? Gone. What happened to Hitler's Germany and Nazism? Gone. Now you see little flickers of it here and there and everything, but not like it was. What happened to Mussolini's kingdom? What happened to the kingdom of communism? It's all gone. Those kingdoms are shakable. But you and I, we've entered into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You and I have entered into the kingdom of God where there shall never ever be any end. We have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And that's good news. Because when you look at the newspaper and you turn on the television, you see everything shaking. You've got to be a committed Christian to have stability in this unstable world. And I have discovered that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times. And the wisdom of God comes from the Spirit of God and from the Spirit of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One comes from the Scriptures. So as we stand upon our kingdom covenant in this day and this hour, though 10,000 fall at your right hand. 
and another several thousand fall over here, it doesn't have to come near you. Because you and I are in the kingdom of God and it is unshakable. Amen. In verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seen? I know not a man. This is not doubt. These are just questions. How's this going to happen? I'm available. I will open up the womb of my life to whatever you have for me. But I need to know how shall this be? You ever been there? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. I would remind you this morning that in life it's not by power. It's not by your own might. But it is by the Spirit of the living God. And he said, here's what's going to happen. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So what does Gabriel answer? His response to her question is, it's going to happen by the power of God. How is it that you're going to make it through your difficult time? It's going to be by the power of God. How is it that you're going to be able to pay your bills? It's going to be by the power of God. God's power is available to his people if they will simply trust him and believe him. He said the most high God, the power of the glory of God is going to overshadow you. Mm -mm -mm. Now listen to this. The word overshadow means to cover with a cloud. And the cloud that the angel is talking about, he's talking about the Shekinah cloud. He's talking about the glory of God. He's saying the Shekinah glory of the presence of God is going to come upon you. Did you know that it was the same glory that Moses was enveloped in for 40 days and 40 nights? Do you know that it was the same glory that when they dedicated the temple, that when they were all one to make one noise and praising and thanking God, the same glory showed up so that the priest couldn't even stand to minister? Do you know it's the same glory that Jesus was transfigured in? Oh, that's powerful. So this glory is a visible manifestation of the glory and presence of God. Now here's a thought that I just want to pass on to you today. Was not the master born by the glory of God? I'm going to ask it again. Was he not born by the glory, hey, of God? Those shepherds out there on the hill said, glory! (laughs) They saw a great light. You know what that light was? That was the glory. That was the presence of God. He was born in the glory. Did not the master live in the glory? Didn't he say at Lazarus' tomb, hey, 
didn't I say unto you that if you would simply believe, that you would see the what? That you would see the glory of God. And then he said, Lazarus, come on forth. And Lazarus came forth. He came forth like this, bound in grave clothes. Went out of that thing. It's a good thing he said Lazarus because he hadn't said Lazarus. Everyone that was dead would have come forth. He comes out jumping like this. And he said, loose him and let him go. They loosed him. Don't you know Lazarus had church that night? (laughs) He He that stinketh by now was raised from the dead by the glory of God. He walked about this earth for three and a half years manifesting miracles and manifesting the glory of God lepers were cleansed, blind saw, sinners were forgiven oh glory to God that was his glory he lived in glory and when he died he hung on that cross he went into the depths of the earth for three days and three nights And on that third morn, the God of glory said, that's enough. It's time for my son to come out of the grave. And listen, the scripture says this, that he was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. I don't know whether you're getting this today or not. He was raised from the dead. By the glory of the Father. And now, through his substitutionary sacrifice, he's bringing many sons and daughters unto glory. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead raises us from the dead. We were bound in death. We were bound in rebellion. We were bound in sin. But the glory of God found you wherever you are from. For me, it was in a treatment center. For you, it may have been in Oakland. For others, it might have been in your office or in your car. But the glory found you. And when you called on the name of the Lord, the Bible says he raised you from the dead. He's bringing many sons. He's not bringing many sons unto play in church. He's not bringing sons and daughters out of death-filled situations so that we can be more comfortable. So that we can while our lives away. And when we see him here undone instead of well done... No, the God of glory has a plan of glory for his sons and daughters of glory. I tell you, before it's over with, we're going to move in the glory. We're going to walk in the glory. We're going to talk in the glory. We are going to see people raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So it's not just about the master in that he was born in glory and that he lived in glory. And that he was raised in glory. It's about you and I. Glory to God. Living in glory. And then there's going to come a day. Where the eastern sky is going to open up. And the Lord of glory. Is going to come in clouds of glory. 
and is going to lift you and I right out of this mess. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, he is. He's coming soon. The Lord of glory is coming with ten thousands of his angels and his saints. I just dropped by to shout a little bit. Born in glory, lived in glory, raised in glory, brought sons and daughters unto glory, and he's coming back in glory. Yes, he is. And so the angel said, The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. The Shekinah glory, dear one, is going to come upon you. And all you got to do is open up the womb of your life. And that which shall be conceived in you shall be born from above. Oh my gosh. Where did I put my Bible? Anybody know? Woo, glory. Everyone say glory. Glory, glory to God. Now notice this. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost will come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore that holy thing, the glory is holy. That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she's already pregnant. I had to shut her, was it her husband or her dad up? Had to shut the husband up. And behold, well, I don't know everything. And behold thy husband, husband, and behold thy cousin Elizabeth. I'm getting in the glory here. You know, whenever you start stuttering, just blame it on the glory. Shandai. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. Oh, glory to God. I don't know if I can preach to this one or not. For with God, for with God. Now, if you're without God, there are great impossibilities. But if you're with God, and God is with you, and God is for you, and God is in you, nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing should be impossible. The virgin birth, according to human standards, is impossible, but not with God. Jesus living a sinless life and being raised from the dead is impossible, but not with God. We have a God who hears. And who answers our prayers. Hallelujah. Does he not? With God. Nothing. Nothing. Say that with me three times. Nothing. Again. Nothing. One more time. Nothing. Nothing what? Shall be impossible. Woo. Glory to God. Now notice in verse 38, and I want you to read this with me as they get it up there. In verse 38, it says, and Mary said, now this is very important. 
She said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. In other words, I'm going to leave all the scorn behind. I'm going to leave all the mocking and all the ridicule. I'm even, she was planning a wedding. And she was not Bridezilla. Just a side thought there. She's planning a wedding. How many of you ladies have ever planned a wedding? And she's looking forward with great anticipation to her bridegroom coming. But she says, you know what? All of that matters not. In comparison to the glory that I'm carrying in my womb. She had a decision. And you have a decision. When the word of the Lord comes to you in the darkness of your life. And the light comes into you, the womb of your spirit and wants to enter in and develop glorious things in your life. You've got a decision. You can either accept it, welcome it, or you can reject it. And Mary is an outstanding example. She said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. I love this. Be it unto me. Let her happen. Be it unto me. According to what? According to the plan. According to the purpose of Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, she responded in faith. And it took a lot of trust. It took a lot of misunderstanding from people around her. But she let go of her security rope. She let go of her comfort. She let go of her identity, her reputation, and even her marriage, if so needed be. And she didn't even blink. She says, I'm the servant of the Lord. Can you say that today? I'm your servant, God. Let your will be done. Let your plan Be consummated in my life. Let your glory fill every portion of my life. And so we see today the simple story of Christmas. How that the birth of Christ was prophesied. And we saw a willing handmaiden. You know, the Bible says that whosoever will come, let him come. God's word has gone forth today. And the message of the cross has been declared. The message of his glory has come forth very clearly today. And the word of God is like seed, is it not? And our heart, if you will, is that ground that the seed of God's word is so desiring to be planted in our lives. The first seed that we must receive is the seed of the new birth. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, guess what will happen? You'll be saved. But what God is looking for is he's looking for an open, willing heart. 
to say, you know what, I don't understand everything about Christianity. That's the good part. You don't need to understand about Christ- everything about Christianity. I don't understand everything about Christianity. <laughs> but the first thing on the agenda of your life this December should it be make sure that you're right with God. Amen. To make sure that Jesus, number one, is in your life. And if he's gotten off the throne of your life, if he's just kind of like your savior and, and not really your Lord, not really your master, you're just kind of living for yourself and living on your own and just things are a mess as a result of getting your priorities out of whack, the second thing on your agenda should be is to get him back on the throne of your life and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be it unto me according to your word. And then I believe, thirdly, we should desire God's glory. We should desire His presence so much. Because there are so many challenges we face in life. If we wanted to, we could turn this service into a top that tragedy testimony service. And you could be hearing about some of the things I've been through and be thinking, yeah, but I got one that'll top that. We face a lot of things that quite frankly in the natural realm we are not equipped to face. Are you tracking with me? But we are not naturally equipped. We are spiritually gifted and spiritually equipped with the presence of the glory of God by the person of the Holy Spirit that will help you face any dark day with a sense of, you know what, if God be for me, who can be against me? So I believe this, it ought to be a top priority this Christmas season on your list, if you will, to invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and say, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. That glory that Pastor Mark talked about, I want that for my life. That's where it begins. I want to be able to be a blessing to people around me. Fill me with the Spirit. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor Mark, I enjoyed that message. I'm going to be a doer of this word right now. And I'm going to invite Jesus into my heart. In a moment, I'm going to ask.